Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. So the Bible reading is from Colossians chapter 3 and verses 9 to 17. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive each other if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, we continue in our series entitled The Big Story of the Bible, Finding Our Place in God's Story. You see, the Bible tells one big story that finds its climax in Jesus. And so it's a story about God and it's a true story of the world. And I invite you to find your place within the story. And today we're in Act 5, the story of the church spreading the good news of the king. And today we're in scene five, a transformed people. You see, when we put our faith in Jesus, when we become part of the church, we, we, we don't put our faith in Jesus simply to have our sins forgiven so we can go to heaven. Now, of course, we do have our sins forgiven. Our guilt is removed and that's absolutely amazing. But it's far more than that. When we put our faith in Jesus, we become part of the new people of God. We become part of the new humanity, the restored humanity. That's why when the Bible talks about someone who's put their faith in Jesus, it uses the language of new creation, new birth, being born again. You see, putting your faith in Jesus isn't just about having your sins forgiven. It's about transformation. It's about being changed and transformed. It's about becoming new again. You see, the problem, the, the problem with the whole world is humanity. You will remember how God created a good world that is turned bad because humanity grasps for the fruit of autonomy. You see, we all think we know best. And so we've turned our backs on God and we've decided to define good and evil on our own terms. And our hearts are selfish 
and self-centered and greedy. There is evil in our hearts. You see, the, the, the heart of the problem is the problem of the human heart. It's kind of like a disease, a, a virus, a cancer, and it leads to all the mess that we find ourselves in. And so the problem, the problem is humanity has become corrupted. And so Jesus comes not just to forgive humanity, but to renew humanity, to restore us, to renew us, to transform us. And so we read in Colossians chapter 3 in verses 5 to 10. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things such as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on your new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. So over here, Paul, Paul is basically saying, uh, in, the, in the same way as you take off these old dirty clothes to, to put on some brand new clean clothes, in the same way, you need to take off your old self, the, the, your old corrupted humanity, and put on your new self, the, the renewed humanity, which is being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. The image of its creator is just another way of saying the image of God. And so it's all about being renewed and restored into the image of God, the very thing God created us to, to be. Transformation, new creation, new birth. Now, now perhaps you're like me and, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, transformation, new creation, new birth. Wow, that sounds awesome. That sounds amazing. But there's just one problem. You see, I, I've put my faith in Jesus. And if I'm honest, I have to admit that I'm still selfish and I still struggle with greed. And, and, I, and I get impatient and I get snappy and I get angry with people. Is there is something wrong with me? Or, or my faith? Can you relate to that? Or is, it, or is it just me? Well, we need to turn back and look at Colossians chapter 3. There's a, there's a tension in what Paul is saying over here. Because on the one hand, he says in verse 9, you have taken off your old self. And in verse 10, he says, you have put on the new self. This is, this is past tense. This has is, this is already happened. But then he qualifies it and he says, which is being renewed in knowledge. It's still being renewed. We are a work in progress. Again, uh, Paul says in verse 7, you used to walk in these ways. The implication, of course, is you no longer walk in those ways. But then he says in verse 8, but now you must also rid yourself. 
which again implies we are a work in progress. Again, in verse 3, Paul says, For you died. You, you died to your old corrupt way of living. That's what it means. You've died. And then he says in verse 5, Put to death, therefore. Which implies you haven't yet died to your old corrupt way of living. Uh, you're still a work in progress. And so there's this, this tension. Why is there this tension? Why does the Bible on the one hand say you have already died? You, you have already changed. But yet on the other hand, it says, well, you know, you're still a work in progress. Well, I believe it's because the Bible is reflecting the true reality of things now. We are still a work in progress. While at the same time, the Bible is reflecting the ultimate reality of who you really are are and what you will one day be the image of God that the very thing God has created you to be and so when we put our faith in Jesus we receive a whole new identity we become the renewed humanity and so a qualitative change in our identity has already occurred. The only thing that remains now is for us to bring our behavior into line with our new identity. But how? How does this transformation take place? How do we bring our behavior into line with our new identity? Well, you see, the problem is, is within our hearts and our minds. So what we need is a change of heart and a change of mind. That's why Paul writes in verse 2, set your minds on things above, not earthly things. And, and in verse 10, Paul speaks about being renewed in knowledge. And in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Paul writes, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. We need a whole new way of thinking. We need a new mindset. We need, as, as Paul says in, in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, the same mindset as Christ Jesus. You see, we... We are by nature selfish and self-centered and greedy, yet Jesus was completely selfless. Jesus constantly put the interest of other people above his own. Jesus made himself a servant of all. And that is the mindset we need. Let's read Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 to 8 again. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, 
Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And that is the mindset we need. But how? How can we develop this mindset? Well, firstly, through teaching. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16, he says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. The first way we gain this mindset is simply through good teaching about Jesus. Where we, we learn about how he lived and, and what he taught. But more than that, we learn about what God has done for us through Jesus, that he loved us so much that he died for us. And it's through uh, this teaching that, that our minds start changing. And that's why it's so important that we gather together, even if it's online, that we gather together on Sundays and other occasions to, to teach one another. To read the Bible together and to learn more about Jesus. Because it's through this that our minds change. That our, our belief systems and our value systems change. And ultimately our behavior changes. We are transformed and changed. Preaching is powerful. And that's why preaching is so important. Secondly, through grateful worship. The, the verse continues, verse 16 continues, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. You see, when we, when we hear the good news about Jesus, it leads to worship. When, when we hear about what, what Jesus has done and what God has done for us through Jesus, it, it leads to worship, where we, we simply we simply have to sing praises and give thanks to God. And it's through worship, it's through grateful, heartfelt worship, that not only do our minds change, but our hearts change. We start to love God more, we love people more, and it motivates us to live like Jesus. Take note of our motivation. Our motivation is not to obey a set of rules. Do this, don't do that. Our motivation is not trying to change and do things so that we can earn God's love and acceptance. No. If that's our motivation, we will fail. We will never change. Our motivation is from worship and gratitude. Where we just become so overwhelmed with the, with the love of God for us that it motivates us to live like Jesus. And it leads to transformation. Thirdly, through community. Did you take note that this, this teaching and, and this worship all happened in, in community? This isn't private teaching or private worship. This isn't some personal devotion. No, this is communal worship and teaching. The verse says in, in verse 16, it says, as you teach and admonish one another. 
This is done together with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and songs. It's about the community gathering and worshipping together. And if we want to see real transformation in our life, we need community. We need to be in the church. That's why it's so important that we gather together even if it's online, that we gather together for teaching and worship and to do life and faith together because it's in community that we see real transformation taking place. And, and that's why Paul says in, in Colossians chapter 3 and then verses 12 to 14, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And now constantly uh, throughout the whole New Testament, we, we, we constantly read phrases like bear with one another, forgive one another, love one another, and so on and so on. The reason why is because the church is a work in progress. Now, we haven't arrived yet. We're still a work in progress. And living in community, when, you, when you're in a community, you end up rubbing each other up the wrong way and you have conflicts. And so you have to learn to bear with each other and forgive one another and love one another. And it's through this conflict and it's through being in community, being in the church and, and having this conflict that we grow that we mature, that we change, and we become more and more like Jesus. See, I can remember when I was, I was single. I, when I was single, I was sorted. I mean, I probably wasn't perfect, but I wasn't far off. Then I got married. And within my first year of marriage, I suddenly became aware of how selfish and self-centered I was. Or, or should I say, Victoria was very quick to point out all my faults. And so after being married for, for a couple of years, I, and after a lot of growth on my part, I had changed a lot. I became a lot less selfish and self-centered. And, uh, and you know, I, I kind of became sorted again. But then we had kids. And then once again, I suddenly realized how selfish and self-centered I was. Uh, you know, I really like things done my way. And sometimes, you know, I just like to be left alone to, to do what I want to do. My point is, it's very easy to, to think you're sorted if you're living by yourself. But when we live in community... We start rubbing each other up the wrong way. We start having conflicts and we start having all our faults and, and, and imperfections pointed out to us. And it's not easy. It's not easy to be criticized and to have your faults pointed out to you. It's not easy. But it's through being in community, through living in church, and it's through conflict and it's through difficult members meetings that we grow. That we mature, that we, we learn how to bear with each other, forgive one another, and love one another. That, that we become and we learn how to become less selfish and more humble. That we learn how to put other people's interests above ours. That we learn how to become more like Jesus. And real transformation takes place. 
Thirdly, how can we develop this mindset? Fourthly, through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Notice what Paul says in verse 16. He says that we sing songs from the Spirit. The Holy Spirit inhabits our praises. When we, when we worship, the Holy Spirit is there, present with us. We, when we preach, the Holy Spirit is working through the preaching. We are a Spirit-empowered community. And so the transformation that happens in our life isn't merely the result of our determination and hard work. No. The transformation that happens in our life is the result of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us. John Newton was a, a very rough and tough slave trader during the, the transatlantic slave trade. He would capture people from West Africa and sell them as slaves to the markets around the world. He figured he must have transported over 20,000 people across the Atlantic to sell them as slaves. In his nightmares, he could still hear them screaming. But then one day, due to a very fierce storm, John Newton feared for his life as he thought he was going to be shipwrecked and drowned. This experience led him to reading the book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis. And God used this book to lead John Newton to a genuine conversion. And he put his faith in Jesus and his life was dramatically changed. Over a slow process, he, his, his, his life and his way of life started changing day by day. After a while, he stopped being a slave trader. Then much later, he became a pastor, a minister of a church. Then a bit later, he joined Will, William Wilberforce in his campaign for the abolition of slavery. He also wrote a number of hymns, his most famous being Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound That Saved a Wretch Like Me. He wrote lots of other things on one point in his life. In one point in his life, he wrote these words. I am not what I ought to be. I am not what I want to be. I am not what I hope to be. But still, I am not what I once used to be. And by the grace of God, I am what I am. It's by the grace of God that we are saved and it's by the grace of God that we are transformed and renewed in knowledge in the image of our Creator. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you love us so much that you came and you died for us. You didn't just come and die for us so that we could be forgiven. You came so that we could be renewed and restored and recreated. That we could become new again. That you could set us free. That the chains might be cut off. So that we could become everything you created us to be and called us to be. And ultimately one day we will be. We thank you that in Jesus we do have a new identity, that we are your children. We are the renewed humanity. We have taken off our old self and put on the new self. 
the new humanity. We thank you that that is our true identity. Now, Father, we pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would enable us to walk in that identity, that we'll be able to bring our behavior in line with our true identity so that we could truly be set free and become everything you have created us to be. And we thank you that this is all because of Jesus. We thank you and we praise you and we worship you. Father, we need more of your Holy Spirit. Won't you renew us and transform us day by day to become more and more like your Son? We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.